the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. Ross, we're brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGP in a group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is June 1st, 2022. We are one sleep away from game one of the NBA Finals, tipping off on Thursday evening. You already know between Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. And on this episode, we're going to give you our official series predictions. We'll throw in some serious prop bets and anything else that may have changed in our minds in the past, what, 24 to 48 hours. But here to break it all down with me, my main man, the superstar of the show, Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, how you feeling this Wednesday, my man? Oh, Look a little serious back. over there. What's going on? No, nah, I'm kicked back, relaxed. I'm kicked <laughs> back, relaxed, chilling. I think I'm about to go to a dream game this weekend. I'm over here looking at hotel prices and seeing what that's looking like. I might go down to the A this weekend. But, yeah, we got NBA Finals basketball. There's nothing to be serious about. <laughs> there we go. And also joining us, it's Scott Studio. I almost want to say rational because Sean got that stuck in my mind. But Studio, Rachel. Scott, how you feeling, my man? Fine, to be honest, a bit annoyed. Can we just start the finals already? <laughs> yeah, a little long layoff between um, between well, the last game that happened on, was it Sunday, uh, game seven, between Miami and Boston, but three days off. We're, we're one sleep away, guys. We're one sleep away, but uh, yeah. Well, it's definitely. three days off, but then you have like a day or two in between each individual game. So, yeah. So, well, yeah. We, we, <laughs> I'm fine with the schedule. You, It may be one sleep for you, but I like to take naps, so it might be like two and a half <laughs> sleeps for me. I, I'm, a, I'm a nap person. I don't care. If I'm tired, I'm going to take a nap. So it might be like two and a half sleeps for me, maybe a third one in there because it's a late game. So I may take a nap today. Then I get my actual sleep. Then I take a nap during the day so I can get to the game at the night because it's a night late game. Yeah, I'm about three sleeps away, but that's still like that's almost here. That's almost here. Yeah, it starts at what nine o'clock on the East Coast uh, uh, for the East Coasters, man. That's that's late, or it's late for a basketball game. Let's say that, but yeah, oh, definitely looking forward to. It. We're gonna get into our predictions here. Like I mentioned, we talked about Game Seven on Monday. Me and Zach broke down some key matchups, some X's and O's, things that we may be looking out for on the Tuesday pod. I'll get uh, Scott and Terrell's input there as well. But guys, let's just dive right into it, man. Scott, I'm gonna start with you. Um, let's start off by, you know, just give us your prediction on who you think is going to win the series and what are the kind of the keys for that team you're looking at for them to win that series, maybe some matchups or, you know, the strength and the weakness of, of why you fit or the strength of why you think that team is going to win. I'm going to give you the floor, buddy. So for me, I was originally, I'd say about a week or two ago, just thinking that Boston was going to play golden state and I thought Boston would win. But as I watched Boston struggle with a banged-up Miami team that finished, basically crawled across the finish line, I'm going with Golden State. And I believe that there are a couple of important, I'd say, variables that are worth keeping in mind. First thing is home court advantage, which really has not meant much in the playoffs. But when one team is undefeated at home entering the finals and one team is 5-4, and four, and Golden State has the series streak of winning a road game in X amount of series in a row, mm -hmm. that means Boston has to win two road games. Because you're assuming Golden State's going to probably take one at some point based on the streak. And I'm not sure if Boston can do that. And if you want to go through the matchups individually, I think one serious X factor in this series is going to be Gary Payton. Yeah. And he wasn't available, of course, for the last series and a half after Dylan Bond ended his uh, playoffs prematurely in the Western Conference. But now that he's back, the issue that I have potentially with Boston, and it's really an issue that's played Golden State too, is turnovers. Right. And the point is, if you cannot take advantage of Golden State 
throwing the ball around the arena for 48 minutes, you're going to have a hard time. And we've seen Boston have a bunch of turnover issues in their own right. So I do think the turnover battle will be ugly at times, but relatively close. And we've seen Jalen Brown struggle when it comes to ball handling against Victor Oladipo. Now he's against arguably the one of the best perimeter defenders in the league in Gary Payton the yeah. second. And I do think that Gary Payton the second is going to force a bunch of turnovers with Brown. So if you want to talk about X factors or just overall unsung heroes, we all talk about Kevon Looney. Mm-hmm. But if Gary Payton the second is able to actually play double digit minutes in any given game, and he might be a member of that closing lineup, which he was in the early portion of that Memphis series, I think defensively, he's going to be a nightmare for Brown and Tatum to deal with at times because of the active hands and his ability to force offensive players either off their spot or into some turnovers. And we know that Jalen Brown has had some serious turnover issues. So I think Golden State will do enough based on the overall depth and based on the fluidity offensively down the stretch of games in comparisons to Boston's ISO-heavy, pretty inconsistent nature down the stretch, I think Golden State does enough to win in six. It'll be competitive, but I'll take Golden State. Yeah, I think that the two points that you just mentioned, the turnovers and Gary getting Gary Payton the second back is something I agree with 100%. Warriors are prone to turning over the ball as well. I mean, we've seen that all throughout the postseason. Uh, but the, the question then becomes, can Boston take advantage of those turnovers? And Terrell has pointed this out as well, I mean, and not particularly with these two teams, but throughout the playoffs is teams that have those turnovers points off of turnovers, I think is going to be the key for both of these teams in this series. And again, getting Gary Payton back um, is going to be absolutely huge. And defensively, as as much as you just talked about, I think, he can also uh, give you something on the offensive end, too. He can knock down that three-point shot. He's a great cutter to the basket. He can finish around the basket. We've seen him have some monstrous dunks and finish around the basket. I think that's going to be really key for the Golden State Warriors. And obviously, huge getting him back. We're not sure what we're going to get out of Andre Iguodala, if he's going to see the floor for maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes a night if he's able to go. But I think, again, the point of Gary Payton the second it's absolutely huge. And, you know, we saw it against Memphis where – he did his best to stay in front of those perimeter guys uh, when he was matching up with John Moran and things like that. Um, yeah, we'll continue the conversation there. Durrell, I'm going to give you the floor here, my man. Uh, your serious prediction, what you're looking out for for that team to win it, uh, and your keys uh, for the NBA Finals, man. What do you got for us? I mean, it's Golden State for me. I'm not really uh... – Boston's going to make it interesting probably for a game or so. They'll probably have a lead multiple times in this series and carry a lead multiple times these series, but I don't trust Boston to close out games. And if you like Boston, then the things that you have going for you is the fact that they're really good at forcing turnovers, and mm-hmm. that's all Golden State does. So I expect Golden State's turnover margin to skyrocket in this series, and you like them to get out in transition, as we were talking about earlier. They get out in transition. They're one of the best transition teams in all the playoffs, and they've been doing really well with that. And that's going to have to offset for their half-court offense because their half-court offense is going to be really bad this series. Golden State is going to throw a number of different looks at them, and I expect for it to look different from the beginning of the series to the end of the series. I think in the beginning of the series, they're going to try different things. They're going to try different lineups. They're going to throw Gary Payton out there. They're going to have Kevon Looney out there. They're going to see, hey, will we prefer Kevon Looney on the court with a larger lineup, or would we like to have Gary Payton out there and create havoc? And so it's really how much havoc can you create? And so they're going to throw a bunch of lineups out there. That's why I do think Boston may get a steal a game early, possibly even in this uh, away set here. Mm-hmm. But the adjustments by Steve Kerr and how they have, how they choose to attack the Boston with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on the defensive side of basketball, I expect it to be a masterclass. I think that it's going to be absolutely fun to watch on the defensive side and offensive sides for both of these teams. But I think Golden State just has the pedigree and they have too much. I think they have too much for Boston to be able to handle, especially with that bench of where you can have a Jonathan Kaminga game go off. You can have an Otto Porter Jr. game go off. You can have a Jordan Poole game go off. You can have a Gary Payton a second game go off and all these different options that you have for them i don't think that boston is going to be able to combat that with the small lineup the small battered brutal lineup that they have so i went going to state here i think going to state is going to win the series i don't think there's going to be any question during any point of this season of is going to state going to lose i just think is when is going to state going to win 
I do want to ask one thing for both of you because I mentioned this on YouTube and I'm curious. When it comes to having a veteran team versus a first-time NBA Finals team with virtually no experience at all on the entire Celtics team, when it comes to actual series prices that if you want to make in your own head, how many cents do you think that's worth? Do you think it matters? Do you think Boston finally got over the humps? They're just ready for the NBA Finals? Or do you think that with Tatum and Brown getting to the Eastern Conference Finals and being there before, the nerves didn't really set in, but this is a whole different ball game and they might end up struggling as a result? Yeah, I think it's a whole new ball game when you are in the NBA Finals, right? Like you, you just said that, you know, Boston has been there, what was it, like four out of the last six seasons in the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah. But when you get to a whole new stage, the, the stakes are a lot higher. Um, the I think that the media coverage is a lot. It's it's it, those factors. I think kind of factor in because you're going out and you're you're going for the ultimate prize in the NBA. You're trying to go for that Larry O'Brien Trophy, and you know for teams like Golden State that have been there what six out of the last eight seasons, this is not new territory for them. For Ime Udoka. I, the head coach of the Boston Celtics, this is all new territory for him. And I, I don't know. I mean, I know he played in the NBA. I don't know. He's been an assistant coach as well. I'm not sure if he's even gotten to the NBA finals as a player or even as a, maybe as an assistant coach, not having that experience. And, you know, we talk about with the Golden State Warriors, like I said, you know, Steve Kerr has been there. Your, your two best, your three top guys between Draymond Green and the Splash Brothers all have been there. Um, I think it. I personally do think it plays a factor. Trail, what do you think? By the way, Udoka so. won the title in 2014. Okay, I don't think so. I don't think so because at the end of the day, this is not. So if we were talking college, where you're going from, you're playing in your college university to now you're playing in a huge arena, and even then you still played in pretty big arenas throughout the duration of the tournament. But these guys played in Golden State before. These guys played in Boston before. Yes, the stakes are higher. But I'm I'm not reading into it that that much. I think it may be a little something there with a couple of different players, maybe guys lower down on the bench. But I still think Jason Tatum's gonna have a great series. I still think Jalen Brown's gonna yeah. go out there and have a good series. Maybe for the Peyton Pritchards, it may be a little bit too big of a moment for him. And didn't mean to call out Peyton Pritchard like that, but it was the first guy off that bitch that I could think of. Yeah. But yeah, no, nah, I don't. I think that's just something that we, as the media and a lot of people, try to put too much stock in, and the players really don't. Like they just want to go out there and hoop. And whether it's your first time or whether it's your tenth time, you know, you just go out there and hoop. You have a good and you enjoy yourself. It was it was everybody's first time once when they won a championship. Yeah, like you know. Or when they went out there to the finals, everybody had a first time. Steph and those guys had a first time, and they went out there and beat LeBron, yep. who had been to the finals, what, four or five consecutive years before that point? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm, not really looking in too much into that right, right now. I think maybe for, like, the first half of game one, like, where you have those jitters, or maybe, like, even games one and maybe two. But after that, like Terrell said, I think I agree with the point that you probably just want to go out and play hoops. And I think that's where Golden State probably has the upper advantage of maybe in that game one and game two. But at a certain point, it's just like, okay, we're 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 now into the meat of the NBA finals, games three, game four, where you just want to go out and get some W's and just play hoops. Scott, uh, I know you posed a question, but what do you think? I think it's kind of in the same spot that you guys are talking about, but I was throwing it out there because sure. the experience differential is huge. And even when yeah. your veteran player who plays all the time is Al Horford, mm -hmm. who was crying because he even made it here, which he never did before, I do wonder at some point, we've mentioned in the past, and everybody's noticed how awful Boston is at closing games. I think the question I have is, if you are in a similar situation, but the stakes are even higher than they were before, wouldn't you potentially be more prone to blowing more games because you don't really know how to handle all of the nerves and all the pressure that's associated with it. Yeah. And I think that's what really, and I was going back and forth between who I liked in the series between Boston and, and golden state. And I think that point that you just made was one of the main factor of that Boston. We saw it throughout, you know, against Milwaukee and even against Miami at their prone, especially in that fourth quarter, when they have a double-digit lead that they can't shut the door on teams. We saw with Miami. We saw it in Game 7 against Miami where they were up double digits 
and they went on a scoring drought in that final three minutes. And, you know, Miami had the opportunity to either tie or even go out and win that game. And maybe this would be a different conversation that we do have Miami, but when you're going up against a veteran team and when you have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson on the other side, it, you can't, you can't mess around with a team like that, right? When you're, when you're trying to close the door, you can't leave the door open for a team like this. And, at a point, it will eventually come back and bite you. And I think that may be a case where if Boston is up in that in a fourth quarter, any of these games, they leave that door open. Golden State will come back and probably steal a, a victory there where they a game that were they were not supposed to win. Um I don't I I yeah. Go ahead. I so ultimately I just don't think that I, I could understand the finals and you know you're playing a veteran team and all that aspect. If Boston wasn't blowing games already, but that's just so I think that's my point is that Boston is just who they are. Yeah. They blow games. That's who they are this season. They're going to let you in and they're going to let you back into the game and they're going to blow the game in. They've done it all season. They've done it to the good teams. They've done it to the bad teams. They've done it in the playoffs. And so I don't expect anything different here with Golden State. I think that Boston's just going to do what Boston does. And that's what makes it so hard to pick Boston. But I think it has a lot less to do with the fact that they made the NBA finals. Uh, is there a little bit of a letdown there? Yeah. But that's just spot a spot in betting. But I, I don't think that that has anything that has anything negative to do with their performance if boston plays bad it's because boston just went out there and played bad which is what they do all right before we continue the conversation here let me tell you guys about win bet our presenting sponsor of the sports gambling podcast network make sure to get down on wins bet 50 dollar win 200 promotion where a 50 dollar bet qualifies you for up to 200 dollars in free bets, plus the WinBet Casino is offering a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit winnbet.com to get started today. Offer something to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in a state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also, SGPN is giving away $500 in a free NBA Finals prop contest. It's completely free, like I mentioned, to enter, and it's exclusively only on the SGPN app. So just download the app and hit the contest tab to get in your entry today. And now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there, and I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper, too, by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over-under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and we can play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile device, just join our listeners group as well on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP and sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad and get 100% deposit match by, by going to sleeper.com slash SGP terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. Um, so we talked about, you know, the depth that I think that we all agree that golden state is much deeper team than the Boston Celtics. The thing that does worry about me about Boston, I think that kind of led me to, Picking Golden State is that after Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, like who do you trust to score the basketball here? I mean, are you going to rely on a guy like Grant Williams? I know he's done it for a couple games throughout the playoffs, but Scott, let me ask you after, I mean, after Jalen Green and sorry, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That's how I know you're a Rockets. That's how I know you're a Rockets. <laughs> throwing Jalen Green into NBA finals. That's how I know. Um, who, I mean, who, who is, who's there that, that you think is going to step up? And part two of the question, I, I think you've been, you know, you've been keen on this is that we have to kind of really monitor Robert Williams' health as the Sears kind of progresses along. But going back to the first part, who really has to step up after Brown and Tatum? Well, I feel like the obvious answer is going to be Marcus Smart because he's easily the streakiest player in the series. And when you look at Boston's lack of scoring options after the first two guys, I know Horford went for 30 in one game. 
Yeah. That's basically it. He's usually mm-hmm. hovering around 10 points. Yeah. And you mentioned Grant He's Williams. Yeah, 20s, 20s in there. Okay. But I'm saying most mostly single digits to low tens, low teens. Can we agree on that? Yeah. So if you're looking at that as being the baseline for Horford's offensive production in the series, and you're going down the line, Grant Williams, I know at double digit points in the game sevens against Miami, he had zero points half the time. So he really wasn't much of an offensive threat. I think you're just looking at smart because whether or not you think he should be taking that many shots, he's going to take that many shots. He's a guy who's going to find his way towards 15 field goal attempts in a decent Mm -hmm. amount of these games. And we've talked about his inability or his, let's just say, first of all, go with willingness to take shots late in games. We can, besides the point, whether they go in or not, the point is he's going to take the shots anyway. So if you want to go based solely on volume, the answer is Marcus Smart. Because if he's going to end up taking double-digit shots and Tatum or Brown have an off game, then you need Smart to pick up the slack. And I feel like that's a concern that I have with Boston is that Smart's not even fully healthy. I do acknowledge that he has been playing well at times in the playoffs post the injury. He was decent in Game 7 as well against Miami. But his decision-making down the stretch is such an X factor because of how unpredictable it is. So if you want to ask who I think needs to step up, it's a cop-out answer because it's the third best offensive player on the team. But it's going to be Marcus Smart because whether he makes shots or not, you know he's going to take them, and he does not have an off switch. If he misses five shots in a row, you better believe he's going to take the sixth one. So the way that I see it, it's going to be Smart because he is a huge piece of that offense based on the amount of shots he takes. Whether he should be or not, it's a separate story, but that's the reality of the situation. Yeah, I said when we were talking about the Eastern Conference Finals, I said that, you know, the attention would be on Jason Tanner for the Miami Heat, but I said that this Boston team is going to get as far as Jalen Brown takes them, and he had an incredible series against Miami. I think we can argue that he could have he could have been co-MVPs between Brown and uh, Jalen Brown uh, for that Eastern Conference Larry O'Brien trophy. Um, but I think for me now in this NBA Finals is going to be how far can Marcus Smart take you? And, and I don't, I'm not very confident in that just because of the points that you just made, Scott, is his decision-making and his willingness to put up those um, the, the shots late in the game where it should be in the hands of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Um, Terrell, same question. I know you're you're picking Golden State, but outside of those two guys, is it at Marcus Smart? No, I'm perfectly fine. Like, yeah, I'm perfectly fine talking up Boston because – Boston is like Boston's good. Boston plays bad, but Boston is a good team. So let's get those two things, it, you know, differentiated. Like they're yeah. a good team. They just they're play a talented bad. team. Yeah, yeah. They they just play bad. That's it. Yeah. And Scott and I have always differed on Marcus Smart because you know Scott has questioned his decision making at games and his uh, mindset to pull the trigger late in games. But I'm perfectly fine with it because I know the fact I know that he can make the shot. Like I know he, what what he's doing is maybe unconventional for a lot, but he can make it like it works for him. And I need somebody to have that mindset at the end of the game that I'm going to take this joint and it's going, we're going to live and die on whether it's me. And if my top two guys are not willing to have that mindset, then I don't care. I, you can be my top two guy for three and a half quarters. I don't care. But if you're not going to have that mindset at the end of the game of, I need the ball, I need to go out there and get it, then fine. It's going to go to Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's talented enough and he can do it. So I'm, you know, we've always just differed on Marcus Smart, but that's just my take on Smart. Sure. But the we, person I, that I think. Just, yeah, I'll, I'll, I just want to clarify for a second. I like the fearless nature of Smart. The issue is when things are not going his way, he just doesn't read the room. That's the main issue I have with Smart. Whether it goes in or not, he'll keep taking 20 shots. Yeah. And I'm, but I'm fine with that. Like that's, and that's the thing. That's my, but that's just my philosophy with it. I'm fine with it. If it's, if you, the only way you're going to get out of a slump is to keep shooting. That's the only way you're going to do it. You're not going to sit there and stop shooting. The person that pissed me off in the Dallas series because he pissed me off so much was Massey Kleber because Massey Kleber could shoot the, shoot the gym out. And because they were missing, he was like, he was passing up open threes and, and ultimately forcing turnovers because they were making too many passes when he should have just shot. So I'm fine with smart when he, if it's not on, eventually that joint going to go in. Eventually you're NBA player. Eventually it's going to go in. That's why I, I have admiration for Marcus Smart. I really do like Marcus Smart, though. He's good. Well, you, you said you're going to say another player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the other player that I'm talking about that, you know, came up is Old Man Horford. Of course, Old Man Horford is going to step up in this series because Old Man Horford knows that he's got 
not that much time left. <laughs> it is not that much time left. And you you see how hard it is to make an NBA Finals. It's not easy. It is not an easy thing to make an NBA Finals. So, of course, old man Horford's going to go out here. I, I'm tempted to bet old man Horford to be top point scorer in every game because he might get it one of these games. Like, you know, he's shown us the ability to go out there and score the basketball. And when you think about Golden State, I really just want to see the lineup them they employ because if they decide to go with Gary Payton over Loney to take that Jalen Brown matchup, then Horford's going to have some easy shots at the rim, at least a game while J- while Draymond Green is still working on Jason Tatum yeah. or is some type of is some type of switch between Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins. But Horford's definitely going to have a mismatch in a couple times in this series, and I think he can take advantage of it. And he's one of those guys that you just like, all right, he's wide open. Like, I know he can hit it, but we're not really about to, like, close out on this guy with Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown to slash into the bucket, with Marcus Smart slash into the bucket. So I think he's going to get a couple wide open looks, and he's going to be able to put up points in this series. I think this points total to playoffs for a series. He's going to go off. I think a double double market might be something to look at for Al yeah. Horford, um, for sure, because we know he can get the rebounds. And like you alluded to, if they are going to deploy a small ball lineup, are the Golden State Warriors that he should have some easy looks, not only from three point line, but also to finish around the basket, like you mentioned, Terrell. Um, Al Horford's top point score is 100 to 1 right now. Just put a dollar on it. Just put a dollar on it. <laughs> put, put some pizza on. money on it. Yeah, put a, put a dollar on it. You know I mean? What kind of pizza maybe, are you getting for a dollar? Hey, Costco, no, dollar let's think about All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's think about it. Let's think about this. If it's a low-scoring game, both teams struggling to score the basketball, it's the first two 9,500 wins, and Al Horford just sneaks around and gets 20, maybe 25, and it's a low-scoring game. Is that not in the category of a round of points, uh, you know, a top point score? I don't know, bro. I think I think Al Horford's going to have a great series. I'm expecting at least one good 20-piece Maybe more, probably definitely above his average. I think his points prop is going to jump up over the next couple of games. Yeah, he had a 20 point uh, game in game one against the Brooklyn Nets, 20 and 15. He had two in the Milwaukee series, 22 and 16. And then he had a 30 uh, point in an eight rebound game. And then he had one 20 point game against the Miami Heat, 20 points and 14 rebounds. So the possibility, I mean, uh, the rebounds is not on a concern about it. We know he can rebound the basketball very well. Um, it's the the points um, and it'll be interesting to see as we kind of progress through the series about, you know, what type of uh, defense that the Golden State Warriors uh, put out there uh, against uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and, and, and company. Uh, do you guys have anything else overall for the series? I am also on Warriors uh, in six. I didn't I don't think I mentioned that, but I think we're all on the Warriors here. Got anything else overall for the series uh, that you're looking at as far as. Maybe X's and O's before we get over to finals MVP and some fun prop bets that we may be looking at. Well, we've been talking a lot about Boston and how this team can be sometimes a bit inconsistent offensively. How consistent do the Warriors need Klay Thompson to be if they're going to actually win this series? And I think that's one of the one X factor for me or key person, I guess we can say, that I'm looking at on the Golden State side is that I think he's going to have to be a consistent 20-point scorer. He's going to have to be in that 17 to 20 point range for me for, for Clay Thompson, because you know that Boston is going to do whatever they can to slow down uh, Steph Curry and if they can try to contain him. But I think it's going to be where Clay Thompson has to knock down those three point shots, those mid range jump shots that we know he can knock down. Um, and, and again, I think that that if he's able to be in that 17 to 20 point per game average in the NBA finals, I, I, think I give again, Golden State a great shot to win it. What do you think, Scott? I was, was going to ask because I, of course, anytime your second best offensive player can give you a consistent twenty, you're going to be in a great spot to win the series. Yeah. I was just wondering if Clay, who's been pretty streaky for really since he came back, yeah, if he is going to consistently have these situations where he might go for twenty five in one game, mm-hmm. but he might also go for fifteen Five. while going three for twelve from the floor, yeah. Do you see a, a scenario where Golden State could overcome some struggles from Clay, or do you think you they need him to be consistent game in, game out in order to win the series? I think there's enough depth on this team for the Golden State Warriors where if Clay Thompson has an off game, 
that you still have Jordan Poole off the bench. We know he can score at will. Uh, Andrew Wiggins has also been fantastic in this playoff run for the Golden State Warriors as well. We've seen him put up a consistent 14, 15, 16 points uh, throughout the playoffs so far. But again, if you have Clay Thompson getting you in that around that 20 point mark, you're going to be in great shape. We know Steph Curry's going to get his, but you also have you have options of, like I mentioned, Andrew Wiggins. Jordan Poole off the bench and guys that can also knock down, you know, those three-point shots. Gary Payton, we've seen that he can knock down that three-point shot as well. Um, but I think that's where I'm kind of at. Terrell, what do you have thoughts on Clay Thompson here for this NBA Finals? Yeah, uh, I don't think they need Clay to be that guy. That guy, like he he's still working his way back. At the end of the day, he had two major surgeries two mm-hmm. major injuries two major surgeries in a two-year span and was away from the game for two years a couple of months playing basketball is not going to put you in that space and put you back into that mode that you were in before so i think that he'll be fine and he even if he has an off game like you said i just and i talked about it i like the depth of this team like they've never really over the course of this season, they've never needed two guys to have to be in that 20-point territory to win a game. Sure. They can get going with, with one guy getting going, everybody working, sharing the basketball. You have If you have a bench and you have three people on the bench with, with 10 and 12 points coming off the bench, that's a huge help. That's a huge layoff to your offense. So if Clay has an off game, I think, I think that that's still – that's probably one of those games where Boston was leading and then somebody got going towards the end of the game and stole a win. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, Clay, going back to round one uh, against Denver, he averaged 22.6. Against Memphis, he averaged 18.5. And the same thing against Dallas, 18.6. So I think if he's that around – 22 was when Steph was coming off the bench. Yeah. And again, if he's again, if he's able to do what he did against Memphis and, and Dallas and scoring wise, I, I think that's why that's why I said in that range of 17 that you know 20 is averaging. Mm-hmm. We don't need him to be in that 25 point range. Fully capable of having those games. Like he had a 30 point game in that closeout game against Memphis. He had 32 against Dallas in that closeout game as well. So we know he's fully capable of doing it. I don't think we need him like Terrell said, we don't need him to put up 25 per night for this team to have success because the depth is so good on this team, Scott. Yeah, I agree. I was just throwing it out there because, as we said, Clay has had these moments, but the consistency has been inconsistent. Or the consistency yes. has been, I'd just say, uh, desirable but not actually present. So that's why I'm asking because Ball, so we know, is a great defensive team. We expect this to be a defensive struggle for a series. Can we agree on that? This should be a, basically a war defensively. I think, I, I think as we progress through, I think it'll be similar to what we saw between Miami and Boston. That way, maybe the first two couple of games, We'll see some points being put up uh, and the teams kind of getting a feel for each other. But I think once we get past game three, it's where I think that defense really tightens up for me. That's how I feel. So that's kind of why I'm just assuming that with points being at a premium yeah. later on in the series, three is worth more than two. Yep. Uh, Terrell, you have anything else? Uh, key matchups, anything else that you want to throw out there for uh, uh, for the NBA Finals before we get over some prop bets? No, no, I can talk about it later. All right, uh, let's get over to finals MVP first, and then uh, we'll go from there. Uh, Terrell, I'm going to give you the floor first. Who's going to be your finals MVP? Um, I think at this point, if the Warriors win, they're just going to give it to Steph. Yeah. But everybody, all the voters, everybody knows. They're like, wow, you know, this is one of the greatest players ever to play basketball, and we haven't given him a finals MVP. And, <laughs> you know – they're like, we're not going to get the, We may not get this opportunity again. Who's to know that they're getting back? You see how hard it is to get back. Who's to know they're getting back? So if they win, ultimately, I think that there's a pretty good possibility. It more than likely goes to stuff. But if you are looking for anywhere else to put your money on and the, thinking that the Warriors win, so this is just a, if the Warriors win because we know they're not giving it to the opposing uh, team's player. Okay. Andrew Wiggins and and Draymond Green are really really enticing in this. I am trying to find the odds. I don't know where they're at. Where are the where are the? Let me see. Let me see if I could find them. Yeah, uh, for yeah, Draymond. Just, Draymond and Draymond eighteen Andrew to one. Wiggins twenty five to one. Wiggins is at twenty five to one. So see, like, so if we'll get, if Wiggins gets the Andre Iguodala treatment and. Let's say he takes the assignment of 
of guarding Jason Tatum, which is a very good possibility that they go with the entire series because Andrew Wiggins has been great on the defensive end for the duration of the playoffs. If he does that and he averages, let's say Clay is inconsistent and Wiggins steps up and he gets the 20. If he takes the top defensive assignment and gets anything near 20 points per game, you're 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 hard pressed to be like oh well, he he's he's a guy he there's a there's a million scenarios and it's not just that one it's a million scenarios where Andrew Wiggins takes this MVP so Andrew Wiggins at twenty five to one I really like that bet and then Draymond had thirty two in Game Seven of an NBA Finals and nobody talks about it because they lost nobody talks about it because they lost Draymond is really good he knows this moment and he's if Draymond averaged close to a triple-double around these finals, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. And if he gets anything close or if he even gets averages a triple-double during the finals, then Draymond is going to be a hard bet too. Like, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of ways that this could not go to Steph, but it just feels like it's more than likely if you're on Golden State side that it's going to Steph. I remember you keep on saying that. I think Draymond had like what thirty-seven points in a closeout game. Was it the NBA Finals? He oh, thirty-two. Yeah, he had thirty-two points in a near triple double, maybe a triple double, something like that, in a closeout game in the NBA Finals. I think he had but, nine assists. I think he had like 32, 12, yeah. and nine or something. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was like thirty-two, thirteen, and nine, something like that. Insane, insane stat numbers for a for a game seven. Yeah. So it's just like you know nobody talks about it because ultimately the block and the Kyrie shot or stuff overcame all of that and so I don't know I just if Draymond if Draymond fills up a stat sheet and has one marquee game and if that one marquee game is a closeout game I don't know man that's (laughs) but it's the media so I also don't see too much in them voting Draymond as finals MVP but I would if you don't want to take the plus 100 bet with Steph and you're not a fan of betting anybody in Boston, those are the two people that I would take a shot on. All right. So Draymond and Andrew Wiggins, uh, maybe a little longer shots to win the MVPs. Uh, Golden State does go on to win it. Uh, Scott, same question. Finals MVP. Well, Terrell kind of stole my answers, but I found Wiggins at 40 to 1 if you want to shop around. So okay. 40 to 1 is a hell of a price. I mean, I feel like you can make an argument just blindly taking a piece of that because Wiggins is a type of player that can give you these offensive outbursts while also providing defensive value. So if you're looking for somebody who can fulfill both or check both those boxes, and I do at least acknowledge that he can be a guy who can potentially make a big enough impact to win the award. But as you know, the reason why it took Monty Williams to win Coach of the Year, I know that the awards voters only care about narratives. Right. It is what it is. Do I agree with it? No, but it is what it is. So I knew that they were going to try to make right for Monty Williams if he was in a position where they could do so, mm-hmm. and they did. Also, Phoenix being, of course, the number one team in the league record-wise helped, but I did believe that the voters would go out of their way to make sure that Monty Williams got his trophy that he deserved. And I feel like it's the same situation with Steph Curry. Because even though Igudala changed the actual, I'd say, trajectory of that series when he was inserted into the starting lineup, was it really him being in there? Or was it the fact that Cleveland was shorthanded and Golden State had a bunch of talent? And I feel like Igudala got a bunch of credit for it. Cannot whatever, but the point is, MVP is really sitting in his case right now. Like he really (laughs) has a Finals MVP sitting at his case at home right now. That's insane. (laughs) Well, I'm throwing it out there because you can make the argument that that's been the one piece of Curry's legacy that he's missing, which is the side trophy that goes with the Larry O'Brien Trophy. And if you want to talk about making it right, barring a ridiculously bad series from Curry, and barring a ridiculously bad series from Tatum. The narratives always suggest to give it to the best player on the best team. And when you want to go down the line of who's won the finals MVP in really the last, I don't know, 20 something years, Let's do it. how many role players win the MVP? You got Andre Gudala, and is that it? Because you I, can that's argue. The only I'm, about one I can think of. I'm, I'm about to pull it up. All right, so here we go. Winners of the finals MVPs 
2021 Giannis, 2020 Bron, 2019 Kawhi, 2018 Durant, 2017 Durant, 2016 LeBron, 2015 Igor. <laughs> yeah, Iguodala. But the point is just, <laughs> Hold on. just keep going. I'm sorry. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. That got me. That took me. I was really trying. Okay. All right. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. You could make a case for 2014 Kawhi. You could make a case. Uh, if, if you could make a case for the, oh, was the Spurs, yeah, sure. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't that guy yet. So you could make a case there. He was in the making, but he wasn't there yet. But, but you can also argue that San Antonio didn't have an official alpha at that point because yeah, you're right. I mean, everyone else was older at that stage. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I was just saying, if you ever wanted to make a point for somebody other than Iggy, of course, it would have to be that Kawhi. But after you go down this list, like it's really fucking easy. Braun for 2013 and 2012, Dirk 2011, Kobe for 2010 and 2009, Paul Pierce 2008, Tony Parker 2007, Dwayne Wade 2006, Tim Duncan 2005, Chauncey Bills 2004. Okay, so we'll go Tony Parker because they still like Duncan and Duncan was the best player on that team. So from 2008 to now, you've had Iguodala and Kawhi with a question mark. That's it. So if you want to talk about who do I think is going to win the award, I think it's just going to be Curry or Tatum. So I know, of course, it's a cop-out to just say, oh, the two favorites are clearly going to win the award. But for the NBA Finals MVP, I think we can look back on the Iguodala thing. We can look back on the Iguodala thing and say it was kind of bullshit. And I just think they're going to give it to Curry or Tatum. Yeah. If you want to mention another guy, I don't mind the clay angle. If you yeah. think that he just has a couple of 30 point games and shoots 50 something percent from three and he averages 24 and maybe he plays great defense. But yeah. in reality, if Golden State's going to win it, they're going to give it to Curry unless he's awful. It's, I'm hard pressed to see anything else. I, I was going to say, I, if I Curry's yeah. awful, if Curry's awful, they're also not going to win. That was going to be my so, next question. Was I don't that, think they're gonna I, win. Was that like 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 Scott? You mentioned that if both Jason Tatum and Steph Curry are like god awful in this series, averaging like I don't know twelve points on like thirty percent shooting, who wins the series at that point? No, because if he averages twenty, are you really giving him Finals MVP for averaging twenty? I think it's gonna be a lot of makeup votes. Twenty That's is twenty is not bad. Twenty is not bad. If he averages twenty, you're not. I'm not sitting here like, oh, well, you deserve Finals MVP for averaging twenty. What else did you do? Like, you averaged twenty, okay? Yeah. So, I, I, I wouldn't say that they lost if he doesn't go crazy. I we just ex- expect him to be in the 25, 24, 25, 26 points out of the range. It's not really a matter of him going crazy. It's a matter of do I really believe that if Wiggins and Jordan Poole, et cetera, step up to fill the, let's just say, scoring um, absence of Curry going for 20 instead of 30 when they need him to. Mm-hmm. What you said of Tatum also struggles, that kind of balances it out. Yeah. I guess the question is, do you expect Curry and Tatum to struggle? Or do no. you think one of them is going to struggle and the other one should do just fine? I don't expect either one to struggle in this series. I mean, then it's going to run the best player. I think it'd be yeah. inconsistent. I think, yeah, be it's going to be like, they're, they're going to get up their shots. It's just going to be about like, it might be a night where they have like 25 points, but it's going to be like, like seven of like 25 shooting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I, I think the Eastern conference finals MVP was a great, really in the Western conference finals, both of them showed it because Curry was awful in the closeout game. Yeah. And Tatum had that ridiculously bad game earlier in the series and nobody cared. Because they had a couple of moments, for the most part, they were above average. And it was really never even in doubt. Curry was minus 10,000 going into the final game, which I guess is different because Curry's awful game came before the 10,000 odds, where Tatum's bad game happened before that. Yeah, But it was really never in doubt either way. You just knew that if they were going to win the series, they're giving it to the best player. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think... It's. It, I think it's easy when it, we talk about the narrative and stuff like that, and the list that we just down went down. It's either going to be if Golden State wins, Steph Curry, maybe Clay Thompson at fifteen to one. Um, if yeah, if it's gets, if they close it out in Game Six and has a Game Six type of you know Clay Thompson Game Six type performance, I can see that way. But again, I think it's going to be Steph Curry or Clay Thompson you, uh, for me. If you're betting Finals MVP at this point, you're just doing it for fun. You're not yep. trying to go out here and hit some crazy long odd bet because the time for that has passed. You were supposed to put your finals MVP bets when there was a whole field to pick from. You didn't know who was going to make the finals. Right. And so all these best players are sitting at plus 400, plus 500, plus 600 odds. Those was, that was your time to bet finals MVP. So don't think that you're coming in here and betting, you know, Marcus Smart or 
uh, Andrew Wiggins or Draymond Green or any of these guys to play, win finals MVP and you're going to go out here and try to hit some insane bet, more than likely, more than likely, it's only happened like three times at mm-hmm. the most three times in the past 20 years that they have not given it to the best players. So just take the, the little bit of plus money with the best player if you really like that player to win finals MVP and just go coast. All right. I, I, yeah, I, I, root for, I root for parody, but you mm-hmm. got to at least be realistic with it. NBA Finals MVP, you have about a 90-something percent chance that it's just going to the best player on the team that wins. Sure, yeah. Um, all right, so do you guys have any other bets as far as, as, far as sorry, uh, finals markets? Maybe a series spread, uh, game one winner wins the game series, or sorry, wins a series. Uh, Scott, you have anything for that? Currently seeing Golden State minus one and a half uh, on the series spread at plus 165. Um there, there's a lot of markets that they've actually opened up. And I think I give a credit to a lot of these books for opening up these prop markets um, as we've kind of progressed through the years of uh, betting. But Scott, do you have anything else? For the most part, no. Even though I do think Golden State wins in six, I'm not set in stone on six. I think this is going to be a tough series. So okay. I'm not going to automatically expect Golden State to wipe the floor with this Boston team. I just think over the course of seven games, they'll eventually wear them down. And Boston's also getting some time off before, which is going to help. But with Robert Williams being inconsistent just health-wise, Smart's still battling something. I know Tatum had a bit of a shoulder issue, I believe, in that yeah. Heat series. Mm-hmm. He yep. played well in Game 7 anyway, but we'll see how that you know tracks for the rest of the series. But for the most part, I do think that Golden State to win Game 1 and the series is the most appealing prop per se for me. Okay. Just because Boston's really not been very good in game ones of the series up to this point. They beat Brooklyn, but they needed a miraculous comeback and a Tatum game winner in order to do that. Then they got buried by Milwaukee. They got buried by Miami. And I do think Golden State at home in the finals, you could talk about the jitters for the first half of game one. I do think Golden State has a great opportunity to go up one nothing before Boston makes some adjustments and potentially takes game two. But I don't have the odds in front of me, Golden State, to win game one and the series. It's probably going to be in the plus, what, 220 range, something like that? Golden State to win game one, and the series is plus 120. Okay, ouch. Okay, yeah. my bad. <laughs> um, I don't even know if that's worth it at that point. But it's still better than taking the series price at minus 160, wouldn't you say? But you're parlaying it with the money line for game one. And, yeah, but yeah. they're going to win game they're gonna one. Win they're going to win game one. Gonna win that's, game that's not the point. The point is game. I'm trying to compare odds. Sure. So if you want to talk about what would pay out more, Golden State to win game one parlayed with the hypothetical money line. Of course, it's not a legal parlay, but I'm trying to actually mm-hmm. just calculate in my head if you're getting ripped off or not. Golden State's not favored by that much in game one. They're favored yeah. by four. four. Uh, correct. But yeah. I'm saying if you want to group the money line there with... Golden State to win the series plus 120. It doesn't sound like a good deal at all. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to do that math. Wait, minus 160. I'll pull up a, car- a parlay calculator. Hang on a second. I don't. Yeah, I'm about to say I can't do that math. I'm whatever. <laughs> no, <laughs> of course. It's, before it's Scott tries to embarrass but... me by doing math in public, let's see. What's fun? Like, what is something fun to do? So, what odds are we going uh, with for Golden State to win the series? So, to win the series right now, I'm seeing minus 150 to win the okay. series. And what's game one? Minus 160. Okay. So 150 parlayed with 160 pays out a plus 170. Yeah. So you're losing 50 cents. Right. Now, the counter argument is you're not parlaying that. You're parlaying the live series spread of Golden State when they're already up one nothing. I guess Mm -hmm. that's the counterpoint. But plus 120, I'll pass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I thought that number would be a little closer to like 150. Uh, Apparently, but, it should be 170. So yeah. yeah, maybe so 160. We'll say should be the somewhat more accurate right. price. So I have no interest in 120. Yeah. All right. Uh, one I was looking at uh, for a a a prop market for a player prop market was uh, threes um, three point shot leader. In this series, I know Steph Curry is obviously the minus one twenty favorite, but I was kind of interested in Clay Thompson at plus four plus four twenty five to be the leader of total threes made uh, in the NBA Finals. I mean, we've seen him have games 
of you know the last game in Dallas or against Dallas, he knocked down eight. He had a, a game where he knocked down three, and consistently we know he makes them. And against the Memphis Grizzlies, he had again that closeout game. He made eight. He had games where he made three, four, another three game. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting to me. And even against Denver, he had three separate games where he had made five or more three point shots, five of 10, six of 13, seven of 11. So um, again, I, I, I kind of like that one at plus 425 for Clay. But Terrell, you have anything that kind of stuck out to you uh, in the prop market here? Uh, for a series long, I'm, I've been looking and I'm, let's see. Oh, record breakers. That's fun. Any team to break the – any player to break the record for most threes in a finals game. That's plus 13. That's 13-1. Okay. That sounds fun. Any player to break the record. That's 10 made threes. Steph and Clay could – especially if his game says Clay could mess around and get 10 made threes or, you know. Clay on closeout games, he made eight against Dallas and he had seven against Memphis, I think. Or it might be the other way around. But he, he, he knew yeah, – I think so. – he said it in that that trophy presentation where he went, I think, seven of something. He's like, man, I left three out there. I should have made that. should have been at 10. So, yeah. It's possibly and 13. It's like he, he, it's like he knows. He knows. Yeah. Like, yeah. he knows what. All right. I would play that. That's a fun prop to play. Uh, any player to play, break the record for most threes in a made finals game at 13-1? Yes. I'll take that. Let's see. Uh, is there... Most points scored uh, 62 is a lot. No, we're not gonna play that. It's too much. All right, so let's all right, let's go back. So I got that one. Let's do something. I think the points lead the points leader one is the one that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Because and this is total points. So if it was points per game, maybe total points. Jason Tatum's leading at minus 125. Yeah. I get it. Completely understand. But Jason Tatum has been known to have up and down games. He he'll have a really good game. He'll have a bad game. Then he'll bounce back from his really bad game and have a really good game. But if you're telling me I'm getting Steph at plus one fifty, Jalen Brown at plus eight fifty, and then Clay Thompson at forty to one, and this is behind Jason Tatum, and all Jason Tatum has to do is have a couple bad games. Like, how many times have we heard people talk about the narrative of, oh, this person can't show up in the finals. This person had a bad finals, and they can't show up in the finals. It just feels like this is a little bit too juice towards Jason Tatum. Mm -hmm. I I definitely wouldn't mind a a price on Steph at plus 150, but Jalen Brown and, yeah, that total points, I I think that behind Steph and Jason Tatum is a little skewed. I, I I would definitely play, take a play on Steph at plus 150. I take anything that I can get plus 150 on a prop with Steph on it. All right. Um, any other ones you're looking at, Scott, that you like uh, before we get to some series best bets? I'm not sure how likely this is to occur, but at least I have to bring it up. You're looking at the rebounding numbers or the top series rebounders uh, rebounds here with Horford and with Looney being the clear favorites Robert I Williams, yeah. I would be tempted by if he was healthy, but I don't think that's going to work out. Yeah, I'm looking into maybe Draymond at plus 750. And I guess the question I'm going to ask you guys, how likely do you think Golden State is to play small? Because we know that Looney actually held up well defensively against Luka, mm-hmm. but Boston, I'm assuming, is going to hunt him. And the fact that Horford can shoot well from the outside might put Looney in no man's land. Do we think Looney can actually play a decent amount of minutes in each game of the series? And if not, is Draymond just your de facto small ball center who should be in the paint half the time? Yeah, again, I think that I do think that the Golden State Warriors are going to go small. Uh, and again, maybe possibly deploy that death lineup with Jordan Poole with Draymond Green or oh, don't do that, Andrew Wiggins at the five. But I again, I think that if we're going to get killed, and if they have Al Horford out there, um, then Looney. I, th- I think that that matchup is what's going to be. I think the difference. And I, I'm just asking because you're going to get a bunch of minutes from Draymond if they decide yeah. to go small. Yeah, and again, that's something that's going to have to monitor. I, obviously, we can't make that bet as the season as the series progresses. But Robert Williams was the one I was looking at also, Scott. But Again, the biggest question for him is health. Um, and I think in the two regular season matchups, he had, I think, double-digit rebounds in both of the games did Robert Williams. So 
But you I, know, I, Golden State's going to make him run around every screen. He has yeah. injuries. So yeah. I, I don't know. But if you want to talk about a, a potential long shot, I know he's the third choice, but Draymond rebounds, I don't hate. Let's put okay. it that way. There's one more that I want to discuss with you guys before we do get over to best bets. And it was um, team points per game. And right now I'm seeing Golden State Warriors at 106 and, and Boston at 105 and a half. I think that if we're going to see a more defensive matchup, like we kind of saw with Miami and Boston, do we think that possibly take the under on both of them? Or do you think there's going to be a game where like games one and two, where like Golden State has been doing at home, put up, come out and put up 120 plus points. You could, but you're already at numbers that are pretty low. Yeah. And the thing is, even if both teams, let's say underperform offensively, are you expecting games where neither team reaches 100 points? It's a possibility. I was going to say, because you're going to need an outlier or two to really help potentially push yeah. that below. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm asking. If you think that there's a chance, you might get a couple of games where neither team reaches 100 or one team gets blown out and scores 83, then that's the only outlier you need. So I feel like you can talk about what they should be averaging on a game-to-game basis, but one outlier for better or worse could really dictate that mm-hmm. i think there's a better chance of one of these teams scoring 90 in a game than 125 yeah i think that there i mean i keep on comparing it to the uh the miami series where i think boston won by scoring only 93 points and where i'm kind of consistently looking at it uh golden state has scored at least 100 points in every single one of their games uh throughout this postseason the lowest i think was 101 against memphis in game was that game three game four um but i just wanted to throw that one out there that was something that was interesting to me no i get that but i think the outliers will play a huge factor in that all right before we get over to best bets for the nba finals let me tell you guys about athletic greens we're brought to you by athletic greens and their ag1 supplement so what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of ag1 you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole foods Whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and Five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And last but not least, we're also brought to you by IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why we at SGPN Use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, and browsing history and more will completely be shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use, and all you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All right, guys, let's get over to best bets for the NBA finals and uh, serious predictions. We already know what we're all on. Um, maybe a lock and a maybe a prop bet that we discussed that you guys liked. Uh, maybe at a dog price. Um, Scott, I'll let you lead it off, my man. Uh, we're going to give out your official prediction again, and then a lock and a dog that you may like. So I'm looking at Warriors and six. Once again, the games are a little bit up in the air, but I do think Golden State will find a way to lift the trophy once again. Now, one, one question I have for you with the lock and dog segment. Yeah. If I have found some interesting props, but the limits are low as hell, are we okay. counting that or no? If you can bet it. 
no matter how much the amount is, throw it out there. Fair enough. So I'll start off with my favorite plus money price. I'll go backwards because I'm still not sure about the lock. Will any game go to overtime? Plus 300. Give me that. On the yes. I th- yeah, on the yes. I okay. think you'll see one of these games minimum be extremely close. And right. even though we have not seen an overtime game in I don't even know how long at this point. It's really been since, a while. Since 2018. No, 2017. Yeah, the 2017-2018 season is the last time. when they were In the NBA the Finals? Yeah, when they were playing the Cavs. If you want to talk about value, I think 3-1 to is a pretty decent price because I do think that these teams are wired in a similar way with elite defense. Munaf is expecting a low-scoring series, so I do think you might see a couple of games where both offenses are really just grinding it out, but you might see a couple of really, really close nail biters there, but it's also because Boston can't close games. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to let the other team potentially crawl back into a game that you think is already over with, then I think you might be picking up some random draws in some games that you'd normally be dead in. So I'm going to go with plus 300 on the S because I do think that with the defensive nature of these teams, you might see a couple of really close affairs where, well, you might need one team to hit a shot at the end and they might miss it and you go to overtime. And we know that both teams are going to hold for one in a tie game and go for the win there. I don't mind overtime in one game at plus 300. All right. What else you got? So for this one, oh, what do I want to pick? Um, okay. I'm going to go with the highest scoring game total by one team. The over-under is 129.5. Oh. Give, give me the under. Yeah. I don't see a team getting to 130. That's crazy. Yeah. With these defenses, 130. No, I don't see that happening. Give me the under. All right. Um, all right. So for my official series prediction, I'm going to go – I'll go Warriors in – I like six. Uh, I'll go six as well. I think it's going to get to seven as well. But Warriors in six – that's at plus 550, uh, depending on the book that you're looking at. But um, I'll, I'll go with Warriors in six. For my lock for the series, I'm going to go uh, Steph Curry points leader. I think it was at plus 150, like we had talked about. Uh, again, I think that it's going to have to be on the back of Steph Curry. There's no – I mean – it's not a hot take there, but I feel like at plus 150, I know he has to compete with Jason Tatum, but I just feel like this is a Steph Curry. It's going to be a Steph Curry NBA Finals, and he's going to get that NBA Finals uh, MVP like we discussed. So give me that as my lock. Um, for my dog, um, I'm going to throw this one out there. I really liked it. It was Clay Thompson to be the leader in three-point shots made at plus 425. Um, you know, we've seen games throughout this postseason where he's made multiple games in a series where he's had at least five or more in those closeout games for the Golden State Warriors. He's had seven, he's had eight. And I think that could probably be the difference for um Clay Thompson to be the leader of three-point shots made in this NBA final. So that's gonna be my dog at plus four twenty-five. Terrell, the floor is your man. Official series prediction, and then your lock in a dog that you want to give out. Bro, let's just not think too hard about this. I'm getting plus 165 on Golden State minus one game and a half. Just give me that. Okay. Give me Golden State minus one and a half, plus 165, plus money. Easy enough. For a finals prop, everybody already said six, like I was going to say. Um, just take five because you want to be different. You have the one and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, but I'm sitting on the one and a half. I'm not really. And I'm getting plus one. Uh, is there anything? You guys know I don't even like. Uh, I, I'm I'm just gonna go back to that hit ten three. Where's that ten threes bet? Um, thirteen to one. Yeah, that was thirteen to one. Yeah, the record give breaker. Me, yeah, give me a little. Give me a bet on on a player because now I got multiple people that can do it. And actually, it's a number. It's even people on the Celtics that low key could do it. It's 10 threes in a game. It sounds like a lot, but especially for like Stephen Clay and hell, maybe Jordan Poole goes out there and does something, even though I think the more Jordan Poole plays in this series, the more liability he is. But because he can't guard anybody, yeah. No, if they play the deaf lineup, the Boston, if I see them like lean to playing the deaf lineup in game one, I'll go and hedge out and put well, green up and play Boston. Well, that's why I'll I mentioned why Boston. Gary Payton the second is going to be that important because Poole mm-hmm. defensively is going to get torched. 
yeah, no. They, if if Poole's on the floor, you have to have Gary Payton the second on the floor to offset whatever the fuck Jordan Poole's doing on defense, man. But, um, yeah, let's go ahead and just give that out. Cool, fun bet. Steph could probably hit this in game one just to silence the critics, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, I don't deserve you. Oh, da, 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 da. You got the KD stuff with KD and Draymond going around, and even though it's not a big deal at all, everybody's trying to make it a big deal right now. So, hey, Steph could go out and have a show and honestly hit this the first day. I do think Steph probably has a really good game this first game just to kind of shut people up a little bit. So why not? Ten threes in the game. These guys know what the record are. They want their name etched in the history books. And if I get game six clay, then I have another opportunity for this to go. For, so, yeah, give me 13-1. One person to break the most threes in a finals game, 10 made threes. All right. There we go. Did you guys see that? I think it was this morning or yesterday where Marcus Smart was like, oh, if we would have made it in 2018, would have beat the Warriors? It was some interview that he was doing. I don't know if you guys got that or not. And the worst thing you can do is look back on previous events and say, well, if this happened, we were set. What the hell does that mean? It didn't happen. (laughs) All right. Uh, That's going to do it for this episode of the NBA gambling podcast. Uh, Gave you our NBA finals (laughs) prediction throughout some fun prop bets, as well as prop bets. I will be looking out for uh, throughout this series as well. Um, Terrell, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here, my man? Uh, I know you and Scott will be here tomorrow to break down game one uh, for the NBA Finals, but anything else as far as the series? Yeah, no, I mean, it's only one game tomorrow, so we're going to have fun. May throw out some first basket props, (laughs) and that's how freaky we get with tomorrow. But, nah, it's going to be a good time. We got NBA Finals coming up. We'll be up here a lot more getting this rundown going. And, you know, check us out. WNBA will drop a pod uh, Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night going into Friday. Got a big Friday slate. So, yeah, looking forward to it. All right. Scott, anything else, my man? Not really. Um, just sweating out this Golden State 43-1 to ticket. So we'll see what happens there. The one thing I've learned in my years of betting, it's always a sweat. Oh, so yeah. I'm not expecting Golden State to sweep or win in five. It's never easy. So I'm expecting it to be a bit annoying at times in the series. Is it a real bet if you're really not sweating it out? Uh, well, I mean, you could argue that as long as they, you know, grade the wager and you get the money, then technically it counts. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Like I said, uh, Scott and Terrell will be here tomorrow on the NBA Gambling Podcast, breaking down game one of the NBA Finals. Uh, Till then, of sweats. Yeah, go ahead. The best sweat that I've had that was not even my sweat, but when we were in Vegas watching Kramer and Sean sweat out a Dallas money line where they were up like 20 something points. So no, it was a, it were guys ahead of us and they had golden state money line. They got up and walked out. They got, Mm -hmm. when they went up like 28 or something like that, they got up and walked out. It was like, all right, this is over. (laughs) And meanwhile, it's a couple to the next of us that's sitting there like, Oh, she's like, they hit uh, golden state hit one, three. She's like, yes, yes. They're coming back down Down 25. Yeah, <laughs> yes, they're coming back. They're coming back, and then they actually mount a comeback. <laughs> no, that guy had a bad beat on that first half over trail. Remember that? Yeah, no. So yeah, it was the dude. Yeah, that the other. Yeah, that dude was pissed too. So for, <laughs> oh, that was it. Was bad. the dude had one oh nine first half over one oh nine, and I think it was at one oh eight for like two minutes. The last two minutes of the first half. Yeah. And, like they missed shots for two minutes straight, <laughs> and the guy said, "This is fucking." He was like, "This is fucking ridiculous. You can't score one basket in two minutes of basketball." Those are the best times. Like if you need some entertainment or people watching, just go to a sports book, uh, and you'll 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 get a uh, crack out of it. Yeah, that was. Oh no! If, if you think game. those are good, you got to keep in mind the people betting the horses. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Those in the race books, those are the best. Yeah. Shout out to Handicap Horse Racing. All right, let's get out of here. Go, folks. All right, guys. Uh, Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow for the NBA Gambling Podcast. Good luck with your bets today. Let's break these books off and let it ride.